And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. You know, it's a Friday afternoon, so obviously that means we should be welcoming into the studio right about now from Envision Financial, Luke Smith. And by crikey, there he is. Here he comes. Here he comes. Can't that's right. Miss him. Look at everybody, the everybody look. Well, you are a little tall. That's right. A little fat as well. <laughs> I would never have said that. <laughs> My wife would. <laughs> yes, but wives can be a little harsh. Well. <laughs> Exactly. They expect high standards. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm letting my wife down in a big way. I'll give you the hot tip. Sorry, Peg. Doing the best you can, though, to put food on the table doesn't yeah. mean you have to always eat it all. Well, I've got to get home to eat it. That's my problem. I think that's why I'm king size. Anyway, How did we get down this path? Know. But it's lovely and warm outside, and it's probably one of the nicest days of the year. It, so. is, it has been a cracker yeah. of a day today. In fact, um, it's beautiful, it's sunny, it's warm, it's clear mm. skies, there's very little breeze. It's just lovely. And I went for a yeah. walk after lunch, as I often do around here, yeah. and not far from the radio station, you can get onto the uh, the walking path, the cycle path next to Gungarland Drive. So I'm yeah. strolling up there this afternoon. And a Mercedes-Benz went past, a relatively recent model Mercedes-Benz, with the registration plate, Trusted. Now, if that's you and you're listening, good afternoon. It was uh, I, I, You caught my attention. I was just curious, though, with a Mercedes-Benz and the registration plate, Trusted, what is your business? What is your profession? What are you advertising? Are you a lawyer or are you a funeral director? Who or knows? maybe a financial advisor, who Luke. Knows? Well, who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> It's an interesting one. I don't know the answer, but if, mm. if you happen to be listening, call in and tell me what you actually do. I'd <laughs> be very it. keen to know. Exactly. Today we're here to talk about which structures should I use for my investments. No, mm. putting it in your bank account isn't necessarily mm. enough. If you've got a little bit of money to invest, you might need to start to consider what's the best investment structure for you to construct. So, Luke, where do we begin? Yeah, well, look, this this one's becoming more and more prevalent and as people start to race out as we said in the last couple of shows let's let's get on this property buying bonanza because money's cheap and people just love buying houses at the moment this was quite topical because where you hold something is a choice that you need to consider i think gone are the days of just assuming that you buy something in your own name so i guess bringing this up and and, and discussing a couple of key structures today is really just to heightens people's awareness and the potential use of a structure. Um, so traditionally, we've always sort of looked at things and said, I'll buy it in my own name or I'll buy it in joint names with myself and my partner because I can then split some income or we can own it 50-50. We've got some asset protection. And they're all very valid reasons to buy something in your own name or, or, or as part of a couple. But people can also then think about, I guess I want them to think about not just the journey, but the disposal as well. Um, and that's where things like family trusts, companies and, and superannuation funds come into the mix because you may be doing yourself a disservice by assuming that you buy something in your own name because you've always done that when something like a family trust could be a very tax-effective vehicle because that structure by its nature allows you, as the name says, a discretionary family trust it gives you the discretion to decide where the income is allocated when it comes to the end of the financial year right? and who could receive the tax on that. So an example would be I buy a house and I buy it in a family trust and I have myself, my wife, and let's say my two girls were 18 and at university. Mm -hmm. It may be very advantageous to have 
the thirty to forty thousand dollars of rental income that we generate being passed to my daughters whilst they're at university because I may not want to add to my marginal tax rate if I'm working. My wife may not want to add to her marginal tax rate if she's working. So as I said in the in the name of that structure, having the discretion yeah. to be able to say at the end of the year, I'm going to allocate it here, here and here can be very advantageous. And to be absolutely clear so that people don't get the wrong idea, that doesn't mean that you're actually handing the income over to your daughters it no, means it's, it's allocated to their yeah. name for tax purposes, yeah. but you're not actually giving them pocket money. Spot on. So <laughs> the, it's like using the word interest only and people's eyes fall out of their head and say, I want to own my home. So that's fine. Just put your money in an offset account. As you've just said, the trust allows you the discretion to allocate the earnings, not give the earnings. Yeah. Because I have a lot of clients come in and look at me and go, I'm definitely not giving that money to my two kids because yes. I know I'll never see that again. It's something you do on paper. Yeah, It's something that your accountant does, taking into account your broader situation. Now, I often say, think with the end in mind and start with why. And, and a trust is a great vehicle for longer term investments. If you're going to buy something that you hope that goes up in value or the yeah. rental income or the share income continues to appreciate, you can then choose where to pass the income along the journey you can also choose then to pass out the capital gain if you sell an asset and you can disperse larger amounts of money across various structures and, again, try and mitigate yeah. the, the, the liability that you incur and maximise the return on your investment. Now, as I understand it, and tell me if I'm wrong, a family trust is a separate legal entity. Correct. Okay. So does that then also have other benefits in terms of estate planning? Yeah, look, for sure. And, and again, that's the, the sort of second part of that sort of vehicle from a protection perspective. I had a lawyer say to me once that it's very hard to climb the mountain if you take the ropes away. Yes. And from a protection perspective, if, if you want to hold assets outside of your own name, a family trust is a, is a very good vehicle to do that sort of stuff in a similar vein to using a testamentary trust through your will as part of your broader estate planning. So if you're looking to try and get things out of your own name to have an element of asset protection, this is another really good vehicle for that sort of thing because you have that discretion, you have a trustee, the trustee controls the entity and you, you're spot on. It's its own separate entity that actually owns the asset as opposed yeah. to individuals in that example. So when it's time for you to leave this earth, the assets are still held by that trust and the other members of the trust continue to be the beneficiaries of that that's trust. That's right. And you have the ability to change the trustee. Yeah. And, and that's where, you know, getting specific legal advice when you're moving into these sorts of areas is very important because you need to think not just now in your acquisition, but also from an income perspective and then from a disposal perspective. Um, and the estate planning side of, of the vehicle that you're using. So I, I'm surprised that I don't hear that language more from people um, when I raise this with them as an opportunity for um, monies that maybe I can't get into superannuation, yeah. sold some assets later in life, don't meet the work test to put money into super. A trust structure is very good. Um, but I also have a lot of mums and dads say to me, well, if something ever happened to us, I don't want my daughter's boyfriend walking off with half of it. Yeah. So these are vehicles that, that mums and dads can start thinking about using and you know liaising with their, their legal practitioner to, to, yeah. to put in force. 
And of course, we're all familiar with the superannuation fund and we know that we can hold our investments in our super fund and we know that we can even operate a self-managed super fund. Mm. But the other one that people may not think about as much, the other potential structure is the company structure. Now, Mm. in what sort of circumstances might it be appropriate to set up a company to hold your assets? So a a company can be used um, where you're accumulating earnings. Um, One of the key distinctions or points of differentiation between a family trust and a company is a trust must distribute its earnings at the end of every year. So you can earn, you can have properties, you can have shares, you can have all sorts of different investments in there that generate income. It could be in the form of rent, dividends, all sorts of things. And at the end of the year, you work out what's been earned, Mm -hmm. less your expenses, and then that money must be allocated somewhere. Right. With a company, you can actually accrue those earnings, pay tax at the company rate, and leave the money in the company to then be able to make fully franked or partially franked distributions, which is just passing out the tax that the company's paid to the person that Mm -hmm. ends up receiving it. So companies are good structures to be beneficiaries of family trusts. If you, say, had two kids in that example I had before, if my daughters got jobs and, and, and earned money and we couldn't get the tax benefit to distribute to them, using a company as a beneficiary of a trust is a good way to cap tax at the company rate of 28%, which may be lower than your marginal tax rate. Um, It's also good for accumulating earnings. If you're not sure where you're going to invest it immediately, you can let them build up and then go out and acquire things. So it it has a different tax structure, but it's one that often, you know, gets overlooked and and, and not used where there are some real benefits. And, you know, a good proactive accountant is raising this with you and saying, hey, Mm. we could pass money out of here and, and thinking with the end in mind. So a company structure is not simply an alternative to a family trust. It can also be something that works jointly with a family trust? 100%. It can be a beneficiary of a family trust. So we've got a number of examples where people accumulate assets in a family trust and they'll use children or low-income paying spouses or um, husband or wife that's home with you know child number three. They may be a good port of distribution at the end of the financial year, but when they go back to work and the kids are in childcare and everybody's back to earning normal wages... 28% in the company rate may be lower than your marginal tax rate. So you can make a company a, a beneficiary of a trust and then accumulate earnings mm. in there for future investment and a whole range of other funky yeah. things. Now, when it comes to setting up things like companies and family mm. trusts, there are some costs involved. Is it terribly expensive and is it terribly difficult? No, look, I, I, I don't think it is. And I, I think, again, people need to look past the initial cost of something. I can appreciate if 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 somebody sat down with me and said, oh, listen, it's going to be $10,000 to open this thing up and it's going to take you 15 years to break even. I'd look at it and go, well, hang on a sec. You can create a family trust for about 300 bucks. Mm. Like it's not... It's so not, it's not as expensive as people might no, think. No, not at all. You can incorporate a company. So you could have ABC Proprietary Limited as trustee. Oh, I think that your, one's already taken. For your family <laughs> trust. Um so from a trustee perspective, you can incorporate a company for about $900. Yeah. And that's a government charge. That's not a practitioner's charge. Yeah. Um, so you could have a, a, a company and a trust structure probably all said and done for twelve, fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah. And then you'd have the ongoing tax work that would need to be done as part of your broader tax reporting and, and the like. And again, depending on what your accountant charges and whether they're driving a Mercedes with trusted <laughs> on the plates. Um you know, you may pay a lot, you may not. But I think, again, you need to think about the long-term benefits of not just what you earn, but then the benefits of being able to distribute earnings at the time of disposal. 
because um, I think it's a very cost-effective way of improving the way that you hold assets. And I think people need to remember that these aren't short-term things. They're vehicles that you need to use for an extended period of time. And they may not be appropriate for everyone. And that's where you need to sit down with your trusted advisor and say, is this right for me? Because if you don't have anywhere to distribute the income, a trust may not be right for you. And then you'd look at another way of doing it. So it's very much a case of what do you need, not what do my mates have at work or I have one just because. So what should people consider when they're thinking about where to hold their assets? Yeah, so the, the big things I'd be thinking about before acquiring something is what are my plans with the asset? Is it a short-term thing? Is it a long-term thing? Where can I distribute or have better control over the income that it generates? If you're buying investment properties and you're paying them down in a low interest rate environment because you want that to be a quasi super fund source down the track, then think about what you're going to do at disposal. We find a lot of people come in and go, oh, it's 99% in my name and 1% in my partner's name because I needed a deduction while I'm working. And now you get to wear 99% of the capital gain. So I always want people to think about not just the journey, but also the disposal because you're buying these things and being proactive to make money over time. So think about where your income's going to go. Think about where you can pass things. As I said before, a trust isn't automatically going to be great for everybody um, because minor children aren't really that useful. Um, kids start to become useful in that sense from 18 onwards. <laughs> minor um, children aren't really that useful, but well, no, well, they are decorative. <laughs> they are decorative and we love them, but they're, they're not good when you're trying to pass income to them, right? Um, think about the capital gains. Think about where you could pass it. Think about the earnings. You know, Is a company tax rate lower than your marginal tax rate? Yeah. Is a family trust appropriate? Do you want to buy something in joint names 50-50? Do you want to buy it 60-40? Again, don't just think about the journey. Think about the disposal. So it's, it's about keeping in mind not just what we're doing along mm. the way, but the flexibility is very important. Does it make a difference what sort of assets we're talking about? For example, if you're buying shares or if you're buying property or if you're buying some other form of investment, does that have a bearing on yes. where's the best location, the best uh, structure to put that to yeah, investment? Yeah, look, it, it, it can because, again, this is where a trusted tax advisor is really worth their weight in gold because people assume that you, know, you can negatively gear a property in your own name. You then go and do the same thing in a trust. Well, there are some slightly different rules in relation to the effectiveness of that that you need to be aware of. So... Again, you'd need to speak with your accountant and say, look, I'm going to gear this place. It's going to be neutrally geared or negatively geared. Does that work with this structure? And they may say, well, for what you want to achieve, no, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that they can't do it. Yeah. But there may be a better way to be more efficient. Superannuation is very good for your high growth assets. So if you're going to have a tax-free environment in retirement, I'd look to try and structure your international and your high growth assets in there or use something like a family trust where you can distribute out to a company or lower marginal tax rate beneficiaries. Um, from a fixed interest perspective, own name, super fund, that's, it's a bit of a mute point at the moment because you earn so little from it. Mm. But again, you need to look at the characteristic of what you're buying. If you're buying high-yielding property trusts and you want a fun lifestyle, hold those outside of super. If you want to have defensive assets that don't grow, you may be better off holding those in your own name because yeah. it won't have as much of an impact on your broader income and therefore your 
potential marginal tax rate implications. So it's it's really a case by case, but just understand what your asset is doing for you yeah. and why you're buying it. And we haven't really discussed holding assets in super funds in great detail today, but that's mm. partly because we do that every week. <laughs> yeah, look, and, and again, it's I guess I just raise it there to say that, you know, you can hold a building in a super fund. Yeah. You can hold residential property in a super fund. You can borrow and, and, and have a loan over a house in a super fund. It all comes with elements of, of risk and cost and all of these sorts of things, but you can do it. You may be better off saying, well, I'll buy properties in a trust or I'll buy properties in joint names for liquidity and other tax benefits, depending on, again, your why and, and, and how you've started down this journey. But again, just keep in mind that you don't need to hold just the shares in your own name. A good super fund will let you buy those shares. And a lot of people like paying 15% tax instead of 39 or 49% in their own name. So just Absolutely. think about what it's doing for you. On 2CC, it's 10 to 5. I'm with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Today, we're talking about what structure to use for holding yeah, my investments. Well, I don't really have any investments. I shouldn't talk. Um, but, you know, your investments. There you go. And we've covered a fair bit of territory already. So very quickly mm. now, Luke, what strategies do we need to keep in mind when buying and holding our assets? Yeah, so, so as we said before the ad break, I'd be thinking about why you're holding the asset. Is it long-term growth? Is it for income? Um, and understand what you'll get from the asset because that could impact the structure that you use. So thinking ahead and saying, well, I'm going to pay this off and collect X amount of rent every year. I'd love to be able to pass that to lower income earning children over the age of 18. Or do I want to then sell it and pass the capital gain out to multiple people to try and mitigate that expense down the road when I sell it? Because ultimately, we all do things to try and make money and, and see the value of something go up. So think about disposal, think about the income during the journey, think about the capital gains tax, um, not just along the way in relation to deductions, but also at the time of disposal. Um, think about the control. So you may want to hold a property outside of superannuation because you want greater liquidity than inside a super fund and vice versa. If it's a long-term play that you don't need the money for till you retire, think about putting that in your super fund. Use a family trust or joint names for other assets where liquidity is important in case you change your mind or you need to be able to get hold of cash quickly. Think about if there's borrowing involved. If you're going to borrow some money, the benefits may be better outside of a trust or super than inside a trust or super, but consider your situation. Don't make the assumption that what's right for you or what was right for someone else is right by default. So always check with your trusted advisor and accountant in relation to these sorts of things before you acquire them. Get some legal advice around you know the setup of these things. Trusts can be individual trustees, joint trustees, corporate trustees. There's lots of ways to control the trust. Think about that and think about who's going to be involved so that you go into something with your eyes open. Um, think about the distribution of income or the accumulation of income. Do I want to hoard it up? I may do something in a company. Yeah. Do I want to pass it out to fund school fees? I may do it in a trust. So think about why you're buying the asset and what you hope to get from it. And then the trust structures will start to come out of the mist and you'll see the ones that work for you when you engage a trusted advisor. And as always, that's the most important point. Uh, talk to the experts because if you're dealing with substantial investments, hundreds mm. of thousands of dollars or possibly even more, yeah. the money you save by not talking to experts could well actually cost you a whole lot more. And this, this is where I say don't, be, don't assume that things are expensive because mm. the cost of not doing it can be a lot more. 
Um, and, you know, we're finding more and more as people downsize houses, they can't get their money into super. Yeah. Family trusts are becoming more and more prevalent to distribute income. So, Luke, once again, where can listeners get more yeah. information? So, if any questions, 626 um, au on the internet. We've got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify. And we've got the YouTube channel. You can subscribe to that and catch all of the shows and, and watch it rather than listen to it. Uh, that's Envision Financial Canberra on, on YouTube. And if that doesn't work, well, I'll send some smoke signals out. If that week. doesn't work, just listen again <laughs> next Friday afternoon. There you go. Right Done after deal. the 4.30 news update. Perfect. Luke Smith, thanks very much for dropping in. We'll see you next week.